Welcome back, everybody. This is the newest episode of The, the Bothan Breakdown. Breakdown. Uh, we're so happy you guys are joining us again today. I hope you're having a great day. I really do. Um, I hope you're having a bad day so that this can be the highlight of your day. Well, that is a little selfish. I hear you and I agree. Let's move on. So, um, Alexander, how are you, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling okay, Megan. I'm feeling pretty sleepy. Um, I'm feeling like this episode was great, as mm-hmm. always. But, I mean, that report is getting kind of boring for our listeners. I feel like every episode of Andor we watch is just the same stuff. But well, the new series is here. Um, well, Alex, do you have any fun fact of this day in Star Wars history for us this babe, week? Do you even know me? I had that pulled up like three days ago. Just kidding. I didn't. Um, on this date in Star Wars history, let me tell y'all something. Mm-hmm. The uh, October 28th, 2004, the teaser poster for Revenge of the Sith was revealed. Wow. Oh. What do you think of that? Oh, that's actually... I'm showing Megan right now. That's actually a very sick teaser. We will link this article in the show notes. So you guys can look as well. That's a cool poster. We're, we're looking we at... We should be talking about this more. We're Why have I never at, seen this? I'm, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off because I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, basically, we see Anakin Skywalker. Uh, scar over eye with a cape that is bu- uh, billowing out into <laughs> the face of Darth Vader, uh, which is pretty hype. And we see Anakin basically holding a red lightsaber, which he actually doesn't do in the movie. Uh, but that was part of the teaser trailer. Uh, not the teaser trailer, the teaser poster. So mm-hmm. that's your little bit of Star Wars history. Uh, in 2004, on this day, this poster was released and people probably lost their minds. That's my... Uh, Did we watch episode fact. eight tonight or episode seven? Episode seven. Uh, no, eight. Because seven was mm-hmm. last week. Because it was the one after the midpoint. Um, that's an excellent point. I definitely said episode seven in our social media post today. Uh, that is... Dang it, all five likes are going to have been misinformed. We have five likes? I actually don't know. Let's oh. check. I was going to say that's a success. We have... Uh, three likes. Nice. Two of which are us. Nice. Guys, you guys are such a good community out there. Really you know, Courtney commented on it, but didn't like the post. What you... <laughs> Courtney, what the frick is up with that? What like, I appreciate comment? the comment. No, um... I put a little question in the caption saying, what are your thoughts on Andor so far? What Star Wars questions would you like us to answer? Let us know. And Courtney just said, I haven't watched anything and I have no questions. Wow. And I said, thanks for, thanks for the answer. I mean, honesty. I feel great about that. That's great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a very cool fact, actually. And, oops, sorry, everybody. That was my Instagram. Let's uh, let's talk about some new drops because there is some cool Star Wars news Finally. for this week. Yeah, exactly. Big news. And we've been—I mean, this is—we've we've been building up to this, but Tales of the Jedi is officially out. Mm-mm-mm. We knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say, I didn't put the pieces together of the fact that this Tales of the Jedi released prior to Andor's conclusion. For some reason, in my brain, I assumed it would be like right after, because that tends to be the trend. You release sense, yeah. one show kind of at a time. But one thing we noticed 
tonight actually looking at the Tales of the Jedi on Disney Plus was, and this kind of explains why they dropped it in the middle of Andor, is that it's not a weekly release. I guess they released it kind of, they released all six episodes at once together. Each episode is only like 15 minutes. So I guess they were kind of releasing it as somewhat of like a mini, mini series. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, so we've seen uh, quite a few more teasers of that, some more trailers of that. We have some more clarity. Um, it's following two Jedi in kind of their progression through becoming a Jedi or being trained as a Jedi and not becoming a Jedi. Mm -hmm. uh, we know it's Ahsoka and Count Dooku, both of which are exciting, but I must say I'm much more excited for Dooku. We've seen a lot of Ahsoka. We see, saw her We've seen progression. a lot of Dooku too, but this is going to be an interesting twist on Dooku because it is pre-Sith yeah, turn. Yeah, I was going to say, that. that's what I was going to say, is we've seen a lot of Ahsoka as Jedi, training all the way through the Clone Wars under Anakin. So it's not, it doesn't feel like very new territory. It just feels like an earlier sneak at the same kind of progression that we've seen through right. her character. But this is the very first time that we're seeing Dooku pre-Sith shift um, because he was trained as a Jedi. He was a Padawan, which is just kind of fun to think about, but we've never, ever seen anything from that side. We've only heard uh, characters talk about it. Um, so I think it's just, for me at least, very exciting to see a little bit more into the depth of why he turned, what events took place that actually triggered that shift in him mentally um, so I'm very excited. Unfortunately, we only get three episodes for Dooku, because I'm assuming they'll split the th six episodes, three, three. Hey! God bless you. Excuse me. Take your time, yeah. Um, three episodes to each. So that'll be only 45 minutes total. But that's like one, one good solid episode. Which <laughs> still doesn't sound like a lot. I think it's I'm just, good I'm just excited, time, yeah. uh, just to see a little bit. I'm not even, I'm. I mean, clearly with the amount of content that we have, I'm not expecting it to be like the most in-depth, crazy, mind-blowing something or another. It'll definitely But I'm be expecting time, it though. to be satisfying. It'll be really satisfying. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Plus, I just love every Star Wars animated content ever. Yeah. And I'm excited to have something to watch after Andor finishes. The plan for this podcast, as of right now, is to finish up Andor, wait for them to release all the episodes, and then review Tales of the Jedi for you guys. Mm-hmm. As a feel bit of a to, filler. Yeah, feel free to watch them, you know. I know you guys have more time than we do because uh, we also have to record this podcast. So feel free to watch them. Let us know what you think. Send us some DMs spoiler free, please and thank you. Please. Um, but yeah, really excited about that. That's the biggest piece of Star Wars news, um, I bet. You know, Megan, I think that this is going to pull you in. Okay. I think what I'm about to tell you is going to pull you in. Okay. You know how every week I talk about an obscure comic issue that has a sneak peek revealed? Yeah. Before uh, you move on to this, I just want to end Tales of the Jedi uh, by saying from the few reviews that have come in so far, so far on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, season one has a 100% tomato meter. Wow. And a 96% audience score. Am I surprised? No. These Clone Wars folk know how to throw down. I will say I'm kind of surprised. Not that I didn't expect it to be good, but the Star Wars fandom can be pretty vicious sometimes. I won't lie. We all know that this is true. Um, 
So I'm just pleasantly, I'm pleased that people are, you know, li- liking it. Yeah. The final season on Rotten Tomatoes got something like that too. The final um, season of Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Well, to be fair, that's just some of the best Star Wars content that we've What I'm saying seen. is like they've set a new bar. So like that is the level at that they're going to achieve basically. And I know, I'm not sure the Bad Batch ratings, but yeah, final season. Bad Batch didn't. I don't think it did as well as I thought it might. So actually, the only thing on Rotten Tomatoes is the entire saga, uh, but the Clone Wars on the tomato. Um, the tomato. The tomato. Critic score 93, uh, audience score 91. Yeah, so it's which is bang. great. Yeah. Yeah, the Bad Batch had 86 tomato, 81 audience score. So it's it's still pretty gosh darn Dude, good. Dude, season seven, uh, I, I found the reviews. Specific. Audience, audience score 95%. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Critics. I'm not look, I'm not surprised. How so many times have that. I how many times have I said Clone Wars? The best. Mm. The like some of the best Star Wars content. So I'm glad to see that the Tales of the Jedi is off follow, to a good start. Follow in that in the in the footsteps of that, which yeah. I'm really excited about. I mean, everything Dave Filoni touches turns to gold. We don't know how he does it. It's probably <laughs> Probably I think in it's, that cowboy hat that he wears. I think it's honestly the force. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it must just be a, a beautiful blessing of him genuinely being a good storyteller, but also being a massive the biggest fan. fan of Star Wars. Yeah, and he does he he builds out the universe in an entertaining way and in a way that doesn't disparage the later movies, which I think is where Star Wars fans can get mm-hmm. really defensive. Yeah. Uh, do you want to say any more about that? No, sorry. I just wanted to end on that really, cool. really good note to get y'all hyped if you weren't yeah, get already. Hyped, man. So, Megan, you're aware of the Nihil, aren't you? <laughs> well, very much. And you're so. also aware of the Rebellion in four, five, and six, of course. Yes. Well, let me tell you something. There was an exclusive preview of Star Wars number twenty-nine, a comic book, mm-hmm. uh, released here on StarWars.com. I'm reading now. Uh, the um, title says, The Rebel Alliance Looks to the Nihil to Help in Marvel's Star Wars <gasps> no, number 29. No, st- stop it. Uh, it's not what you think. They are dressing up and disguising themselves to go to an auction to try and retrieve a Nihil strike ship. Mm. Uh, and so they're not looking for the people group. Yeah. Um, because that would be like Captain America looking for Hydra. Am I right? I'm trying to get help from them. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but isn't that cool? Seeing a bit of a the con- seeing, seeing combining. The, the lines cross there. I think I thought that would be nice for you. For sure. I, I'm actually reading through the Star Wars comics right now, which I'm assuming that is the just classic Marvel Star Wars That's series. It. Okay, That's yeah. what it is. So um, this is this is uh, issue 29 that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I'm definitely I've. Definitely slacked the past few months, uh, but I was reading them pretty frequently. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Luckily, they're free through the library app. If any of you have Hoopla or Libby or whatever. Um, If you're in the D.C. region. Those exist everywhere. Yeah, but at least my understanding of the library apps is that depending on where you have your library card, the selection on Hoopla or Libby will be different. For example, here in Colorado Springs... My book selection on Libby is not great, but yours on Hoopla because you live, you still have yours in DC. It's mm-hmm. very good. 
Yeah. I might be wrong. I suppose so. I've just heard that the one here is really good. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, it is definitely cool to see the fact that uh, like the all of the new High Republic stuff is kind of untouched by everything else Star Wars. There's no like crossing. Um, I guess what's the word? Like Easter eggs. There's no crossover really, mm-hmm. except for it's in the same galaxy. But there's no same villain. There's no same hero. The only little Easter egg we see is that Yoda exists in the first in the High Republic, but he's not really a character. He's like mentioned occasionally mm-hmm. as like Grandmaster, Grandmaster Yoda. If anyone ever knew where he was, um, but it is cool to see that the High Republic is now established enough that we are just acknowledging its presence or the remnants of yeah. the Nihil. Um, so they're pretty in, important in the High Republic. Yeah. In the Old Republic. They really, uh, a part of, this brings up a good question actually, because you just mentioned the Old Republic, which was the original term for the Republic in the good old days when yeah. they were referencing it in the original trilogy and or the prequels. Um, in addition to that, video game, that online game, The Old Republic. Mm -hmm. But now we have The High Republic. And a part of me, I haven't researched this. Honestly, I'm sure there's an answer very easily found online. But is The Old Republic and The High Republic the same era? Let me look it up. Or is The Old Republic slightly after The High Republic? Like a little closer to being right before the prequels? I don't know. Have we just kind of switched out those terms? Is is the old republic becoming almost like the legend side of canon? And looking Hi- it up now on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Megan, do you want to think of a good question while I do research on this timeline here? I know you asked one last week, but I was wondering if you had another one that you wanted to ask. I don't at the moment, but uh, let me think. So here's what Wikipedia says. Okay, so. The Old Republic looks to be, okay, just for reference here, the Clone Wars are kind of the, the Battle of Yavin starts at 0 BBY. Yeah. I don't know what BBY BBY means. stands for before the Battle of Yavin. Oh. That's their, uh, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Their timeline is structured like that. Okay, cool. Yavin. Uh, okay, so before the Battle of Yavin, we have, let's go back here. The Old Republic looks like it was 25,000 um, bef- 25, to 1,000 BBY. So that's the Old Republic. That's 24,000 years okay. of that. There looks like there is an expansionist period at 25,000 BBY reckon- going into the fall of the Old Republic, which goes from oh sorry I, I swapped those um i was thinking of i'm a little confused you know i think we should come back to this and not do all of our research right now okay but this is an excellent question if you guys have the answer please share it with us um i meant to say the high republic is a different date on that it's later than the old republic i okay. did see that on the timeline okay good to know interesting all right well alex do you have any uh my question Sir? is this. My question is this. Would you rather be a hairless Wookiee or 
a hmm. Would you rather be a hairless Wookiee or a a space slug without a planet to live in? I don't even know how to approach this answer. I don't care. What's your answer? A hairless Wookiee. Nice. My answer would be a space slug without a planet because that would be pretty sick. I'd just be careening through space, this big wiggling worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, eating ships that pass me by. I'd be a predator rather than a an apex, parasite. An that's, apex that's what I'm saying. I'd be like a, yeah, yeah. like a megalodon. Mm. Um, that's my question. Do you have... It seems like you're, you're not happy with that megalodon. Well, that's just... I mean, we typically don't do questions like that. I was meaning the, what is your top this? Okay. What is, but, I mean, if you... I mean, that was... Okay, we'll count that as a warm-up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll count that as a warm-up. Yeah. It was also just a bit arbitrary. Like, I hear you. you know, I, listen, I get you, I like, get what you're saying. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, how about this one? Give me your least favorite. Um, your least favorite original trilogy character list. Top three. Top three of your most least favorite original trilogy characters. Let's start a fire. Okay. Well, dang. Um... This is, uh, this is a bit of a complex question. Typically, you think of favorites, not least favorites. Exactly. But from the and original we're the trilogy. original, like the um, hallowed, oh, the great of the great movies. Like, what were the mm, bad characters that you disliked? The bad characters. And they could be big or small. You know, well, they could be, you know, a leading character like Luke or Han. It could be a background character that we only get a line or two out of. I mean, I don't dislike any of the leads, obviously. Han, Leia, Luke are iconic, and we love them. They made it. They they started this. <laughs> they started this. Um, but what's coming to mind, I think uh, Jabba is pretty gross. Not pretty only slimy. is he uh, a villain and, like, rude and awful, but he's just, like, nasty in his whole... His whole, like, let me keep a, a nearly naked woman chained to me to, like, dance. I'm like, yep. Gross. Not, Gross town. It's not the energy that I need in my company. Wow. So let's let's start with Jabba. And then let's, let's I mean, Palpatine, obviously. <laughs> Sucks. He, he's the worst, actually. He's, Super frustrating. It's funny he said Jabba first. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, Palpatine really enslaved an entire galaxy. No, you're right, and this probably isn't in order. Um, I hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel very scatterbrained because I'm just thinking of the bad guys now. Yeah. Who are the obvious bad people mm-hmm. that I don't like? Um, well, I guess. However, I wouldn't say that I don't like Darth Vader. So I guess there is some complexities here. Okay, right, so I'll say Palpatine, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Jibba the hood. And. Take your time. Hmm. Take your time. We need it. We need to get a clear and concise answer on this. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think through like all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I mean, Tarkin's a bad dude. I'd say that he blew up a whole planet. Yeah, no, Tarkin sucks. You're right. He might, he might. He also, might he be looks there. like he looks like a 
medieval king with that face. I would say either Tarkin. Tarkin's a good one. I was honestly thinking, and I think this is probably because I'm blanking on a lot of, you know, I'm having a hard time thinking, racking my brain. Um, But I was thinking that little monkey, that little space monkey that sits in Jabba's Jabba's place. (laughs) Uh, That was, I thought you were actually that character just now. That was a great impression. Uh, Because it's super annoying and also weird and yep. freaky Couldn't and, agree more, and Megan. That's a great call. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with my gut. Cool. Uh, top three for me. Thank you for answering first so I could have the chance to think on this and ruminate on, ruminate on this. Mm-hmm. Um, top worst character is going to be that um, that alien in the middle of the song number in the sixth movie that goes and he kind of sings and you see his his uvula when he screams Mm. he wasn't necessary he was just like a he was like a he was like a feature a musical feature Mm -hmm. don't like that guy yeah um i will also say that um oh my gosh i had a whole list now they're in my head (laughs) wow you know what while we're at it, I'll say that monkey, that monkey too. I don't even think it's a monkey, but it's just that that loud laughy guy in Jabba, yeah. Jabba's lap. I was thinking, actually, while I think about it, while you recall your list, um, in my brain, in a small way, that weird Jabba monkey is the equivalent to the undead monkey from Pirates of the Caribbean. That was wow. just what I thought. Except one is kind of likable sometimes. Yeah, Jack's, Jack's yeah. kind of like Yeah, But that was a good that. parallel. Lastly, I'm going to put the guy that gets his arm cut off by Obi-Wan and Moss Eisley in the cantina in episode four. Mm. The guy who's like picking a fight with Luke for no reason. Yeah. Remember that? You want to buy my death sticks? Uh, that's actually a funny that's reference. A different guy. That's a different guy. Yay. But yes, that's who I'm talking about. Arm cut off guy who's just, just hating on Luke for no yeah. reason other than to prove that it's an, it's a nasty area for them to be in. That's fair. That's my hierarchy. Maybe the bartender, too, for actually having the audacity audacity to say, no droids here. The worst. The worst. <laughs> All right. All Megan, right. let's hop into Andor, episode eight. Yes. What are your thoughts? Spoiler free. My thoughts are that it was a good episode, um, but there was nothing. This episode didn't stand out to me Yeah. in any large way. Not because there's anything wrong with it inherently. Um, but there just wasn't anything crazy that happened. I don't, I don't feel like there were any integral moments that took place. It was just a bit, just kind of fleshing out some of the story plots we already know without really, I don't know, you know, there was just nothing big. It wasn't a, it wasn't quite a filler episode, but it was less exciting than the last two. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's always Sorry, I was about to spoil something. This is spoiler-free. I agree with you, Megan. Yeah. And I think I'm ready to move into the spoiler review okay. slash recap of episode eight. Okay. You've been warned spoilers ahead for episode eight of Andor. Let's hop into it. Okay. Um, first thing I was I was just about to say, whenever it comes to prison sequences, I have a hard time mm-hmm. uh, because there's no real – it feels like there's no movement because mm-hmm. there's not because they're trapped. And for those of you that have seen the episode, Andor goes to prison. Newsflash, because last episode he got, you know, sentenced to six years. And 
the man is just in prison, and it's a pretty weird prison where the ground is electrocuted sometimes, which is pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever there's prison sequences and anything, I have a hard time feeling like there's motion and movement. <sighs> um, a couple highlights for me, <sighs> just a broad overview. Um, I like that they haven't forgotten the characters they've introduced, bringing back some of the characters. So that was a critique of ours a while ago. Um, I enjoyed... Um, seeing Deidre and Cyril finally interact and seeing Cyril's manic obsession with order, uh, kind of rooting for him and being on his side in that whole um, interaction. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Endor himself didn't do a ton this episode. He just seemed like a little freaked out prison boy, um, which I believe is going to be, I think there's a character shift happening in this episode where it kind of looks boring when you're watching the episode, but for the first time ever, he's not, like, talking. Like, mm-hmm. the entire show, he's just been mouthing off and talking, but now he's stuck in prison for the next six years. Yeah. And I feel like this episode, he was really realizing the weight of that and getting scared straight, um, which is going to be a part of his um, eventual radicalization to the Republic. Massive, um, massive thumbs up for Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Love him so much, dude. Every time he pops up, I'm like, yes, dude. I was excited that he would. I didn't know that this was coming, but the exact same actor as Rogue One, same exact costume. Like, it was just the same exact character, uh, which was definitely fun because we know that he's already a radical list from The Bad Batch. We already know he had started his stuff. So it was cool to see how before the, like, structured rebellion had even started— we do get to see how Saw was already doing it, and he kind of played a role in the beginning of the rebellion. Yeah, he's just fun. so fun. His voice and his, his Forrest Whitaker is such a king actor. He said he takes up the screen whenever he's on in a scene. Um, so that was a big that was a big thumbs up for me. But yeah, in general, it's just you know making plot movements um, that are necessary but may not be the most exciting. Yeah. Um, but what I'm excited about is I, I mean, they've proven a track record of being consistently capitalizing on that character development when it does feel a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So I trust the producers at this point. I'm excited to see what they do next in the yeah. next high point, which yeah. is probably, in my estimation, going to be a prison breakout scene, which yeah. is going to be pretty hype. Yeah, I do think this is this episode was building up to another like climactic point. Um because a lot of it was Andor in this prison and kind of establishing just the kind of the setting of what this prison is and his response to it and all this stuff, which I will say visually was like entertaining because there is this cool, I think the aspect of them having to be barefoot and then them being able to be like shocked or whatever the heck that was. I thought that was a cool, a cool element to, to you know, I've never really seen something like that. I was like, oh, that was just clever. Um, but yeah, so like the prison itself is like visually kind of cool to watch. Um, but there just wasn't much there once again, it was just kind of this, let's set the stage of what this prison actually Mm -hmm. is. And I remember at the end of last episode, it felt a little disjointed or a little, like it felt a little too random that Cassian literally like incorrectly, unjustly gets sentenced to six years in prison because of like people running down a beach and he looked suspicious and now he's in prison. Like it just felt kind of weird 
a bit, once again, just disjointed. So I think there's a small element of that with they still, because, you know, up through episode six and kind of seven, the, the, the focus is the small rebel group, what Luthen is building, this whole plan. And now we're just like in a prison and he's building stuff. And I know once again, this is setting stuff up for what will likely be a similar climactic moment in episodes. I think there are 12 episodes in this show, correct? Yeah, so there's four left. Yeah, so they're definitely, I think, building up to that. So I'm sure it will be good. But I think just by nature, the portion that we're in right now feels a little less. Like, I'm just not as invested in the story yet because we're starting kind of an entire new story. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of odd. And the fact that Cassian just kind of accepted it, which there was nothing else he could do. But it was just us seeing him be like, oh, this sucks, and I'm genuinely so phased out because I— cannot comprehend what's happening to me right now was like okay uh, that that's all there is to that you know I feel the same way about the Mon Mothma scenes where she's like still kind of in her party mode mm-hmm. it seems like they're laying some sort of groundwork for her husband to like think she's cheating on her maybe she keeps asking about her friend that's just me though mm-hmm. um, and yeah she's just you know being a senator nothing really seemed to stand out in those besides yeah um Kind of this rising tension that the banks are, you know, constricting our activity. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, another part of that is also Luthen's conversation with uh, Saw Gerrera about, like, first of all, I thought it was funny that <laughs> Luthen did this fake, like, oh, was that you? Was it me? No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because secrets are so important in the rebellion because no one should know things because then it's eventually going to get out. Yeah. Um, I like how disconnected it is because that's how real rebellion, you know. Mm-hmm. stays secret. Yeah. Another reason why I just really like Luthen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in that conversation, you know, raising stakes for how the empire is kind of crushing down, how Saw needs to team up with this other guy I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, no, he sucks. And anyway, it was just, again, this was a groundwork episode. Wasn't like massively invested. Also wasn't super disinterested. I watched it with pleasure. That was great. I did like the scene with Cyril. Mm-hmm. That that was really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my major takeaways probably. Yeah. No, I would agree. Um, it's funny thinking back to last episode when I was speaking so highly of the Mon Mothma kind of sequence with Tai, I believe his name is. her. So, Tate or Tay. Tay. Like um, how cool that sequence was to me then because there was just so much more to it. And it was establishing a full, like, let's bring you into this. Let me, like, reveal so much about my character. And it was this cool metaphor. And then they had, like, one or two very short scenes that was, like, the same exact setting. But it didn't really feel like anything of importance took place in them. Yeah. Like, in the first few lines, uh, Tay, Ty, whatever his name is, the friend, Basically just informs her like, oh, it's not as easy to get money and we can't really keep it a secret anymore. I'm not, I honestly wasn't, I wasn't able to fully understand the the complexities of what he was saying, but it was basically like, oh, we're running into some problems with getting money and that's about it. And then he kind of disappeared. Yeah. And so it just felt a little like unsubstantial. Oh, and then I will say, you know, that interaction where 
Mon Mothma's daughter comes up to to them. Yeah, I don't know what that. It was. was I th- I feel like it was something because it was really out of the blue. It served no purpose, but she looked weirdly enough, like weirdly suspicious, and nervous, and nervous. And the first thing she said was like, "You've been around often." Or like you've been like hanging out a lot more or something to Tay. So a part of me wonders if she is like catching on to something sus happening and is going to tell her dad, Mon Mothma's husband, who doesn't know anything about what Mon Mothma's doing. But they did establish previously that um, Mon Mothma's husband and daughter are a lot closer to each other than they are to her. Mm-hmm. So a part of me wonders if that's going to become something because if it's if if if. If it isn't, I don't know what the heck that interaction yeah. was from. Was for yeah, yeah. I agree. That felt a little out of place. I think I just I continue to just think that it's them thinking Mon Mothma is cheating on her husband mm. with him. It could be something more Empire related. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are just my thoughts. Yeah. I know that also we had Vel and Cinta Cinta looking for Cassian mm-hmm. still. You know, everyone's looking for Cassian, but the man's in prison, you know, yeah. under a different name, which I feel like, <laughs> I feel like was a bit of an oversight. Uh, if we had all the technology of Star Wars days, we probably would have some form of DNA or fingerprint something or other uh, that could identify someone. But apparently with the name, he just got away just fine. <laughs> That's uh, true. Which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, I kept waiting for them to be like, wait, wait it's you're Cassian. not Keith, whatever. Keith, whatever, yeah. Keith Garga. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the man is uh, sitting pretty hiding from everyone that's looking for him. Yeah. Um, but you know, once yeah. again, mentioning the Vel and Cinta scenes, think, I, mean, I feel like the more I'm discussing this episode, the more... You realize how mediocre it felt? Yeah, it really wasn't that I wouldn't great. Even... Because the entire... So we know Vel is looking for uh, Cassian, which we're like, okay, cool, they're going to get reunited and do something. But they just show them sitting in like a a little cafe on what's it called? Flexum? Flexer? Flexum? I think it's called Ferrix. <laughs> You're completely <laughs> right. Ferrix. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, the, the, they don't know where, where he is. And they're like, I guess we got to plant ourselves and just wait because there's nothing else to do. And then once again, that's it. So it's just it felt so insubstantial like I was like we already knew that they were looking for him and that they didn't know where he was so I felt like no new information was really revealed to us except for the fact that Cinta is with Val that was the first time we saw them reunited but it just felt a little like okay so that's still happening cool yeah um so yeah so Mon Mothma and the Val Cinta thing kind of fell flat also Marva sadly is growing sick I think she's gonna die soon that's true. Rip. Which, once again, felt a little... I didn't really know what the point was. Um, just because it didn't lead to anything. It didn't connect well, to anything. Well, it led to Bix trying to call... Cassian. Cassian to get him to come back. Yeah. And then that led to that guy being taken away, and now she's in custody for something. So it did lead to something, but it doesn't That's feel true. momentous. I, a part of me felt like Bix was going to be looking for Cassian anyway. That the fact that Marva's knee hurt and she fell was not a crucial role in her trying to locate Andor. So it just, I mean, I guess in terms of like if we're invested in her as a character, we want to know that she did hurt herself 
fighting for the rebellion. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. She's like a full-on rebel. But it just didn't feel like it contributed much to the, the story, the active, the active plot of what is happening. Um, but yeah, I guess we did one, one cool thing that did contribute is Bix contacted Luthen, the buyer, um, to try and find out if he knew anything about where Cassian was. And Luthen's sick girl assistant. I don't know who she was, but we're... I think her name is Leia. Leia? Mm-hmm. I think I remember noting, like, oh, Leia, same name. Interesting. Mm. Um, or Leah. But they are establishing her as a much more powerful character in Firm, the Rebellion. Because yeah. she's... At first, I just thought she was, like, a little wingman, you know, or wing woman. Of, like, oh, yeah, I'm helping Luthen. But now she was kind of putting Luthen in his place because Bix was contacting them and she was like, we can't, like, we can't uh, keep contacting Ferrix. We have to, like, be really careful. Um, and then there was a cool scene. I will say I enjoyed the scene of her calling out Luthen of, like, you're getting, like, soft. Like, you're, what was the figure of speech she I used? think it was that. I think you're getting, like, careless or soft or something like that. Um, of, like, we... Like, the rebellion is happening now, and there's so much more, like, at stake. We need to be so much more careful. Like, she was very much, like, businesswoman. Like, this is what we have to do. We have to cut ties. It doesn't matter if we don't know Cassian. It doesn't matter if Bix can't find him. Like, we are not involved. We need to do what we need to do because there's a lot of stuff that we have to do now. And he was all like, I'm not soft. <laughs> Cancel all the communication. Yeah. So they did cut off communication with Bix. Um, so I guess she might go on her own to try and find him but I just thought that was that was an interesting dynamic to see once again a little chink in the armor of what we thought was the big macho man rebel guy kind of get chinked off of like he is not like the all-powerful leader know-it-all always doing the correct thing kind of guy excuse me so that was a, that was an interesting dialogue yeah, and we also know that now the Empire knows about him and are calling him Axis. Um, oh, yeah. Because they know he's been connected. There were a couple loose ends and he's the connection point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll stand by this. I, I used the word mediocre earlier. I will not stand by that. This was not a mediocre episode. The show is impressive. Love the shots, love the music, love the cinematography. It does manage to hold my attention, mm -hmm. despite it being what I will call a filler episode. Mm -hmm. I would call this episode like a staging area. Like, they've had the midpoint. They've had the big heist. Um, we're coming down from that. We are now getting prepared for this new, I guess, prison sequence. And things, things are coming together, and that's what happened in this episode. I don't know if there were any big themes or any big moments. Um, but I think that a 12-episode season is allowed to have that. And they've what, what I like about the show is that they've had they've had the track record for me proven. They, they've proven their track record to me to where an episode like this can come along. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm still along for the ride. I'll, I'll tune in next week. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they had put an episode like this in the first, like, three episodes or even, like, four or five. I know we've had episodes kind of like this before, but... I would have had a lot less patience, but because they've proven that they can deliver, mm -hmm. I'm cool with it. Yeah, that's true. It, it is good that it came at this time in the season, this far in, after having already established just a really good story and characters that we're invested in. Whereas if a sh 
an episode of this pacing showed up earlier on, it would have been much less intriguing. But since we already, we're just already in the story. Like, we're here till the end. We want to know what happens. So it didn't feel like a, oh, I don't care about any of this. It felt more of like a, okay, I want to, I want to know what this is building to. And it felt a little like I didn't get that, but I know I will get it yeah. in the season. So just, I think looking at the season collectively as opposed to each episode yeah. uh, helps these kind of episodes really make sense. Yeah. Well, in favor of not wanting to repeat myself or, you know, go over things that are not necessary, I feel I feel good about our kind of overview of this episode. Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we close out? Um, I, I, I want to touch really quickly on Deidre and Cyril's um, little interaction because I know you touched on it. But this is... I was excited because this is what we've been talking about. Of the, they've kind of set up two protagonists, antagonists. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I always flip those. Uh, they've set up two antagonists throughout this story up to this point, but on entirely separate like planes. Um, so this is the moment I've kind of been hoping for. Of like, ideally, I think they're kind of have to come together at some point. Um, and I, I think there's definitely still a high chance of that happening. But initially, I guess I was just a little bummed that there wasn't more of like a, oh, heck yeah, we have the same kind of goal in mind. We got to get this Andor guy and like run him to the ground. But Deidre was just, I mean, in character being a freaking stone cold wall. She's freaking weird and intimidating. I don't mind it. I think she's ambitious. I think that shows. No, I think it's, it's definitely a good character. I'm just saying objectively, if I hung out with her, like, my gosh, woman, chill. But, um, but yeah, so when she's interviewing Cyril, I was just excited because they built it up of, like, she's all like, what's up with this? Tell me everything that's not in the report. And he's slowly revealing, like, I didn't even see the report. And then you see that moment of, like, her, like, being like, what do you mean? You signed it. I'm actually caught off guard a bit. Because I'm not completely aware of the situation. And then he starts revealing, like, there was insubordination. There was all this cover-up. Like, I never saw the report. I was forced to do it. And I thought that was going to be the moment of, like, you're revealing new information to me. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. Maybe this will be some form of, like, partnership. Which, once again, it might lead to that. I feel like it might still lead to that. Um, But even as... Deidre's being a complete bootay and is like, uh, no, you can leave. I'll dismiss your uh, claims, but uh, you can leave. You uh, shook. And then he makes this big plea of just making a valid argument, I think, in my opinion, a good argument of, like, you need Andor. You know, you need Cassian. I'm looking for Cassian. I can help you. I have encountered this man, like, I'm just trying to do, like, find justice, which you're doing. Like, I was a really good... I thought that was a good speech he had. Yeah. I was a good like officer. I was, I did a great, I did a great job. And then she was still just like, no. And that was it. I feel like she might come back to him when she realizes she needs his information and that might spark the partnership or, or maybe it won't. If it doesn't, if Deidre becomes the primary antagonist and I don't know what role Cyril is going to have. 
Listen, I'm telling you, I still, and listen, I could be completely wrong. I know they have a lot to turn around in four episodes for this to happen. Mm -hmm. The chances are getting slimmer and slimmer, but I could still see the man being a rebel. I'm sorry. I know he's obsessed with order, but it's not like he is obsessed with the Empire specifically. He's obsessed with justice, justice, order, and I feel like if he's knocked down by the Empire just enough... Mm-hmm. he's unstable enough to actually go to the other side. And that might not be true, okay? I understand he's a crazy Empire boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, think about it. He's just been kind of chewed up and spit out by the Empire, basically, because of a mistake that wasn't his. Mm-hmm. Um, the real problem that he had was the murder of two Imperial officers, which, if he's ever enlightened to how the Empire actually is, I mean, they're actually just, like, murdering a lot of people just because they can and they have power. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to see that change. It probably won't happen, but... No, honestly, I could see it. I could see it. I didn't initially think it, but he does show that, like, dualism. Like, Deidre's hardcore empire, rebellion, shut it down. Andor and everyone else, well, Andor even, not even so, but, like, Luthen, the rebellion people, very much, like... Empire sucks. Rebels suck. I mean, Rebels the way, you know, all this stuff. He's one of the only characters who's in the middle. Him and Andor, actually, Mm -hmm. are the only people who are less tied to one party. And Andor's more like, I don't want to be involved. I don't like the Empire, but I don't know if I believe in, in the cause of the rebellion at the scale that it's at. And Cyril is like, once again... He's never been like, I'm loyal to the Empire. He's like, I was a good officer. I did my job well. And I and I literally found the murderer of two two men in, in two days. And I and I was wrongly accused, you know. So I just I feel like if anyone were to have that that depth um to be able to kind of see both sides, it would be him. Yep. So So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Either he becomes crazed and set on taking Andor down, or whether he becomes uh Awakened to the fact that the Empire is not everything he thinks it is. I don't know. I'm here for it, man. Yeah. I li- I almost like the unpredictability. Surprise <laughs> me. Surprise me. Creators uh, of Andor. Go crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I feel Entertain good. us. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's, that's my final thoughts. Great. Well, listen, y'all. It has been a pleasure recording for you this evening this will be posted in a couple days now from taping but this will arrive on friday hope your friday is going so well mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening uh again if you have any thoughts or um contributions to the show we'd love to chat with you we'd love to talk yeah, to you please give us a give us a follow on instagram the both and breakdown dm us we'd love to chat yeah and gosh we love you we love you gosh dang it that's just the truth And we will see you uh, with your fix for Star Wars updates and reviews this time next week. My name's Alex. My name's Megan. And this has been The The Bothan Breakdown. Breakdown. See See you guys. guys.